Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coast of Games Radio. Last week's episode was no episode because we were at Disneyland Paris. <laughs> we're going to talk about why there was no episode. There, yeah, this is the whole reason there was no episode. It's because we had the time of our lives. We had a usual. good like five day trip. We went to Paris. Uh, we did four days at Disneyland Paris. It was all really cute, and um, the weather was very cold. But that made it more magical. We had a variety of different weather conditions to it. It was true. We had, I mean, it was cold generally speaking. I will say it was cold like every day. Yeah. But we went from like sun to rain. We had some nice daylight. And yeah. No daylight. Frost. But uh, it was a, it was a really good trip. So we're just gonna take all of you with us on our magical journey um, on our latest Disneyland Paris trip, which is our longest one we've ever done. Yes. Usually we do three days. Never done. I don't think we've ever done a consecutive like four, a four days day. in a row. It was almost hard trip. because with our past type, which is the Magic Plus, you can only have three reservations at a time, and so we're just used to just having a reservation for each, you know for the parks for each day that we're going. Yeah, once we went in, and we it sounds like, like okay, oh no, we can make a reservation. We need to make sure that like, we got to make a reservation for the last day as soon as we enter for the first day. Fortunately, day four was a Tuesday, so like it wasn't that busy. At that all. makes it yeah. easy. So we uh, we start our day here in Orlando. Um, I just got back. Well, actually, I had a couple days off because. Um, I was able to get some PTO, so it was nice. I was home for a couple of days, and Alex was in Amsterdam for a quick layover on Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. And then the after Thanksgiving, we went straight to Paris. We went through. Uh, we made it work. Like yeah, we did the, make it work. The it travel days. Tight, but when you first pitched this trip time idea to me, I was like, "You want to travel on Thanksgiving weekend?" Well, the nice thing was that the day after Thanksgiving, but early yeah, in the morning, right. nobody was really traveling. Right after Thanksgiving. So it, it was, was super totally easy. Fine. And then by the time we came home, it was Wednesday yeah. after Thanksgiving. So, like, we really shot the gaps with um, historically busy travel days. So it ended up being perfect. Like, I would totally do this exact thing again. Yeah, it worked pretty well because usually we take Delta, but this time we took United. There was plenty of seats going to New York and then to Paris. That worked out pretty well. And then what we do usually when we go to Disneyland Paris is we stay um, in the Val d'Europe, which is just one train or one RER train stop away from the actual park. It's super convenient. So what we do when we get to Jean de Gaulle, the airport, we just take the TGV, like the bullet train, to Disneyland Paris directly, which is nice. It's only like eight to ten minutes, kind of depending on which one you take. Mm-hmm. And then when you get there, you ride the same train station. You just hop on the Metro or the RER, rather, and then that runs every usually it runs really consistently like every 10 minutes later in the day or early in the day maybe every 30 minutes but by the time you get there it's usually already on the 10 minute schedule so you just wait for a train real quick jump on and then three minutes later you're involved up and uh, our hotel is right next to the train station that we usually stay at that's the uh, the moxie it's one of the merrier brands and um, they oh, always take Moxie. really good care of us. Like, they're, they're nice rooms. We've stayed at so many Moxies We've now. We've stayed at so many Moxies. We, and, just, but we always end up staying at this Moxie. Like, this is like this one opened brand up. identity. This one didn't open that long story, ago. The Moxie. We've stayed at like seven or eight Moxies now. Yeah, and this one opened last year. And we always seek them out. For and that we uh, we stay. We always seem to stay here now. So uh, we stayed there. It was great. It's uh, super convenient because you just get up, roll on the train, and then you know five minutes later at Disney. Um, I find it even more convenient than using some of the partner hotel shuttles and stuff. So uh, we did that for our whole four days. And on the last day, we used to go back to the airport. Pretty convenient. First day we got there, um, usually I like to take a nap because I'm tired. But mm-hmm. That's because our last couple of trips, I've gotten back from Europe and then turned straight around to go back to Europe. And by the time I get to Paris, I'm just so tired. 
But this time, I wasn't working or anything, so I was just a passenger, and it was easy. And so by the time we got to Paris, I was actually kind of full of energy. So we went straight out. Like, we got to our room, we got changed, you know, took a shower, whatever we had to do, and then um, went out and went straight to Disneyland. The weather was really good that day. That Our arrival day was actually, like, the best weather yeah, it was forecast day. It, so was we a, like, it was still around freezing. It was, uh, like, it was cold, day. but it was, it like was sunny. It was, like, a leaf Yeah. We were like, this is going to be a pretty day. Like, let's take some pictures. This was going to, like, we wanted to take advantage of the sunniness. We, and it was also going to be the busiest day because it was, it was Saturday. Saturday. So we knew we weren't going to, and we knew, like, Monday and Tuesday the parks would be dead. And, like, the, the lines. It of, was busy. Because lines, I still remember yeah. we had to wait. Like, parts of the Caribbean in Paris, they get so creative with that queue because they have all these hidden little queue spots. And, oh, my God, we had to wait through the whole thing. I mean, it moved fairly fast, but I don't think I ever waited through quite as many switchbacks as I did for Paris, uh, for uh, uh, Pirates that day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we just wanted to take advantage of, like, the nice weather um, for that first day, or, like, the pretty, I should say pretty weather, because it was definitely cold, but we wanted to take advantage of the sunlight, because there wasn't, the forecasts didn't call for a lot of sunlight, during our trip, it ended up being a lot nicer. It ended up being a lot sunnier um, than forecasted, which was yeah, like it was really skies. It was nice. Sunday yeah. was supposed to be. Was it Sunday that was supposed to be? Sunday, Sunday was, was supposed overcast. To be overcast. It was going to rain pretty Monday. sunny, and then Monday was rainy. But Monday was ended up being awesome because we had our rain gear and we rode lots of stuff. But like, we'll get to that. So yeah, but we're going to kind of run through chronologically. So usually we always have dining reservations for the restaurants, but. There were quite some restaurants close, unfortunately, especially Silver Spur I like to go to. They usually have availability, got a good vegetarian, vegan option, and it was right by Phantom Silver Malor. Spur, Last Chance, and, and Lucky, Lucky Nugget, Nugget are three yeah. restaurants. Last Chance is like a small counter service, like an outdoor counter service. Lucky Nugget and Silver Spur are sit-down, and the Lucky Nugget is like a dinner show, like it has a, a, like a show component to it, historically. I don't know if this one does. I think this one because it's got like a stage and stuff. I've, it's possible. I've never been in there, but it's like all the dis- all the frontier lands have a, uh, that that kind of like saloon saloon type thing. But yeah, anyway, um, so a lot of restaurants are closed. Were closed. So we ended up not having a lot of dining availability, and uh, it was fine. We actually did a, just kind of like a quick service trip, which kind of opened us up to some more quick service options that we usually do. Yeah, because I usually am big on doing table service when we go to Paris, and every trip historically we've done a lot of table service. Um, at least one or sometimes two a day. Um, but this trip was different. We actually did a lot more quick service, um, which was fun because they had a new Coca restaurant or whatever. But we'll get into that. Usually we have a lot of criticism for Disneyland Paris's food. Like, even though Disneyland Paris is our favorite park in the world, like, no park is perfect. And, like, we know some parks struggle with certain qualities more than others. And Disneyland Paris has, like, a, a history of struggling with food, whether it's, like, finding variety, uh, satisfying dietary restrictions, or um, just operating schedules, like finding restaurants that are open that aren't, like, completely overwhelmed with guests um, during, like, later hours or earlier hours in the day. Um, But, like, exploring some of the quick service stuff that we normally don't make time for, we were actually pleasantly surprised with some of the stuff that we found. And it was the the holiday season, so there was a lot more seasonal stuff going on. Um, anyway, so, uh, of course, the first thing we had to do was go ride hyperspace, but then we get there, and it's down. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so, yeah. of course, <laughs> our first ride ended up being Star Tours, Star Tours. which is, you know, the most mundane. 
Right, but um, the funny thing was, I think when we got there, it said it was temporarily down or something, but they hadn't cleared the queue yet. And so we went to Star Wars, or so Star Tours, and we walked from straight into the building, and then we waited for the whole indoor queue. But by the time we left, the queue was crazy. I mean, they had used all the spacebacks. They were setting up temporary spacebacks because they had just cleared the queue for hyperspace. Oh, yeah. And it was it was busy. It was Saturday. So all the rides had long lines. All the spacebacks were full for hyperspace. So all those people went to Star Tours. We hit that like ride right the right moment because it went up to an hour, even though we waited like twenty minutes. We yeah, we timed our Star Tours ride perfectly. And then like, when we got to the exit store, they had the whole uh, new yes. merch collection <laughs> for Star Wars Hyperspace Mountain out, and that was important to us because obviously we love that ride and it's in our top Die. favorite rides in the world. And um, they finally have a nice little curated merch collection for it, which. Hasn't happened since they launched it. They've had, had like, you know, a occasional pin or a keychain or a, you know, photo frame, but they haven't had, like, a designated merch line. I feel so, like all this time they were never going to launch merch for it because it was, because it was temporary. To be temporary. <laughs> but now I guess they've stuck, you know, they've it's obviously like, stuck to the hyperspace this is day. year seven. <laughs> and they're, like, finally, like, okay, we're going to do some merch for this because, really, I, you know, I think it would have it it gone by now if it weren't, for, if, if COVID hadn't been hadn't happened and if the, the reaction from the public for that ride is so strong like, I mean the lines have, are getting longer I mean, and longer enthusiasts yeah. love to hate whether they're American enthusiasts or French enthusiasts or whoever but like people it seems that like in the blogger sphere hyperspace mountain in Paris is something that everyone loves to hate and there's perfectly valid criticisms of it every time somebody says that they hate the overlay because you know because it clashes theme it's this that so like i got that and like I'm, we're inclined to agree but we also just love it for what it is with you know considering like in the back of our minds knowing that it's not going to be forever right. um but like the public the the, the non-blogosphere general public love that overlay so much the response is so positive that you know why would they change it they have they don't have incentive to change it prematurely if people are so content with it so so yeah we we see all this merch and um they have a lot they had uh these hyperspace mounts mugs mugs they had the these backpack. these windbreaker jackets a backpack a giant poster t-shirts two kinds of t-shirts so suddenly there's a whole star wars hyperspace mount merch line so we got some of that stuff especially because it was windy and it was kind of cold so it was kind of nice to put an extra layer over us to help break that wind a little bit. So we actually right away wore our new Hyperspace Mountain uh, Windbreakers. Yeah, we realized, which, you we know, were, it was a vibe for when we finally got the ride. We were kind of underdressed. Like, even though we, we knew it was going to be sunny, we knew it was cold, but we were like, okay, like, we wore two or three layers. No, the real feel was significantly cooler than have, the actual temperature. We didn't have, like, a thick yeah. overlayer, so putting the... We had spirit jerseys, we had t-shirts and spirit jerseys on, and then putting the windbreaker over the top of it ended up being totally perfect, so that worked out really nicely. And it, we, I love Star Traders, I love that gift shop, it's like the nicest of all of the Star Tours exit gift shops. Yeah, this one and, if you look uh, up, which a lot of people don't it's do, there's so, actually a so cool. giant Star Speeder docked in like a docking bay up there, it's so, but I didn't realize so until today, cool and I've been there, there so many times, yeah. Um... Because all the other Star Tours gift shops are, like, relatively straightforward, single-story for the most part. I mean, they've all had... You know, Anaheim's used to, like, the people mover went through it, so, like, that was really cool. 
and like at Hollywood Studios um, is another one where you kind of come down from the second story and like descend into the shop, which is neat. But Paris's is the best. And now they had this amazing uh, hyperspace mountain like corner that just like intercepted us, like stopped us in our tracks, and we immediately went shopping. Like, like first thing we did was ride Star Tours and then shop. Yeah, unusual. We're in such a mess. <laughs> and, and well, part of the reason Star Tours was so attractive to us because by the time we got to Space Mountain, we were like, we're cold. Like we are very cold. Um, our hands are cold, our ears, and once we saw that Star Tours didn't have a line that extended outside, we were like, let's just ride Star Tours and warm up, and we'll be glad that we did, and then the windbreakers came, and we, so we, we exited our first ride of the trip with, like, merch, like, and prepared, like, we were ready, we were, like, in better shape than we were when we started. And then hyperspace was actually down for a while, so we actually left the area and went all the way over... To what was it? What we did next? Did we do pirates next? Uh, yeah, I think we, I did, think pirates. we did pirates next because we were so, I was still kind of cold. I was like, let's go through Fantasyland and, and warm up pirates. And pirates so I will say that bug. for this whole trip overall, the first couple days there were definitely some effects not working on some of the rides. So I was like, oh, it's, you know, like the swinging pirate wasn't working, or um, you know, like like little things weren't working. But then on our last day of the trip. The park, I don't know, I mean, they were hosting some sort of convention. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, like, in the weekend there was no maintenance around or less maintenance around. I liked your theory that... But like, on Monday, maybe, like, they'll come in on Monday, and you know, because it's France, and worker laws are different. And yeah, Sean's different. theory was that the maintenance departments, like, take the weekend off, like, as Not as completely, but <laughs> just, like, for, like, big project fixes, because then... On Monday... Monday, everything was spick and span. Well, on Monday, it wasn't. On Monday, there was still a lot broken, but then on Tuesday, oh, it seemed Tuesday, like everything was, was fixed. Yeah. It was like... Suddenly, it was like a whole different park. Like, everything on Big Thunder was working. Yeah. Everything on Pirates was working. Like, everything was just working everywhere, and that was unusual. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we uh, we did Pirates, and then uh, we did Indiana Jones, which um, in the winter doesn't have the fire effects on, which is kind of sad, but I kind of get it. Um, maybe it has to do with that like whole gas thing they're doing. Remember? Yeah, they're, they're also the, the, gas, the gas, lights gas lights are also turned off in the arcades um, because of, gas cause of like the gas crisis. Anytime or anytime there's like war happening, I don't think the gas lights have been on since it's been a while. Well, they're not on because of you because of the gas from Russia. If I'm not mistaken, that's what I yeah was, um, yeah. So basically, anytime there's war happening, the gas lights are turned off. So like we get that. Um, I mean, anytime there's war happening, there's always war happening. <laughs> anytime there's war happening in Europe. No, I just think it has to do with the fact that they're not getting gas from Russia anymore. So. And that's what I mean. But anytime war is happening. <laughs> anytime war is happening, fuel is, is like the point because this is the world that we live in. Oh, okay. It's a fuel shortage. Okay. Fuel shortage commentary. Sure. <laughs> um, and so then we went next door, actually, I think before we even went back to ride hyperspace, because we wanted to check out Flight Force with its new effects. Yes. Because earlier okay. this year, yes. they added effects to Flight Force. Um, we already kind of liked Avengers Campus Flight Force. I mean, I'm uh, sorry, Avengers Assemble Flight Force. <laughs> no lies, because it's, it just runs so much faster than Rock and Roller Coaster does yes. in Orlando. And it has a really sci-fi-ish modern feel and look. And it was in a completely pitch black building, and which the queue usually was awesome. the dark. Usually, in the roller coasters from Disney are like heavily there's projections, there's a lot going on to the point where like it's not very dark. But that thing was just pitch black, and I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. However, um, it already had a couple of scenes, and a lot of people were saying it wasn't enough because it was very screen based. And now they updated it, 
and they added in a, a bunch of star projectors, which works really well because the way they project are also on the track, so it really looks like it's 3D. Like, it's not just the outside of the building that has stars projected on it. I kind of miss the pitch blackness of it because it was so scary, but the stars make a lot more sense, and they, Yeah, like especially because we're in space. And the whole queue has, like, just, like every video you're watching the pre-show and the queue has the stars in it, so it kind of makes so, sense. So, like, it's kind of baffling that it didn't have the stars, like the, the mirror ball stars from the get-go. So it actually doesn't use a mirror ball. Is, like it just little, little is it just little light projections? It is. Uh, it's like those laser projections, uh, projectors where it's just like a light beam that goes... Yeah. You know, so they're not using the the disco ball the balls, like they're doing like on Hyperspace Mountain, yeah. for example. They really have like a special setup where it's like a bunch of lasers just like shooting outward. Um... I don't know if it's cheaper to it's do it like that. It's such a good It looks effect. really good, well, It's actually. probably just more modern and reliable. And, and yeah, it looks it looks really sharp. The um, It looks a little more uh, pronounced. Like yeah. It looks like it's... The it stars are brighter. Like it's crisp. But the room around it doesn't feel more lit up by it. I think yeah. if you project light onto a mirror, there's just so much light happening yeah, that isn't actually pollution. the stars. Exactly. Yeah. And this time, it just feels like it's completely black except for the stars. So it looks a lot better than, I think, traditional like, We love Hyperspace Mountain, but there's definitely light pollution and like we enjoy the light pollution because we're nerds and we love to see the track <laughs> and stuff in the show building get eliminated by like ambient light but um Avengers Assemble does not have that at all like there is no ambient light even when the screens are on like it, it's 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 a very well achieved effect of black screens that do not emit light except for the animations on the screen oh totally and now they also added, um, in some of the turns, they added panels with LED lights behind them that kind of imitate or represent Captain Marvel and Iron Man shooting past you. So um, with these three added elements or these three added thematic um, scenes, things that they've added, um, it really does make for, for a lot of, lot of different ride. Um, we counted the scenes earlier because they reused some of the screens for several scenes, and I think they have a good like eleven or twelve moments of significance on the ride now that are thematic. So I think we're in a perfect spot now with the ride where I don't think anyone should be complaining if there's not enough happening or it's whatever the complaint is. I think the ride, I mean, it runs fast. It's th- it's a thrilling ride. It's probably the most intense ride on resort, and um, it's so it runs aggressive. well, and it has a bunch of thematic elements while also kind of keeping that darkness of space alive. Um, I get the complaint that people are like, well, there's two now space-themed launch to Fukuoka roller coasters, which, again, was a very interesting choice for them. <laughs> because there once was a concept where it was going to be a Spider-Man-themed roller coaster with a giant city, the city skyline, yeah. like city streets, and you're just going to go in between the buildings in like a lit-up show so building. That's one we should add to our, our concept art Oh, yeah, next podcast. week's episode <laughs> is a concept art-themed episode, so definitely tune in for that. Um, and we'll add this to that list, and yeah, we'll talk about more about idea. it in our next week's episode. I've got pictures of that model somewhere that has the the buildings and stuff, the bridges, various New York um, details, physical props. Kind of a hard. It's like hard to imagine a bunch of physical props in that show building because there's some the track and the supports are so tight. It's so it's already like pretty congested in there. What else did we ride um, that day at Studio? Did we do Phantom Matter that day? We, we, actually, rode, we did do Phantom Manor that day. We only rode like four rides on the first day. No, I think we did more than that. Are you sure? Yeah, we rode like everything at... Did we ride a lot of the stuff at the park, in the main park? 
No, I don't remember writing that much on the first day. I mean, the, we because it was it was busy. We didn't it have, was busy. We did get hyperspace on day one. I know we did because otherwise we would have felt very differently about the day if hyperspace hadn't been possible. Yeah, I think we wrote most on of, day one. I know we wrote. Did we write Big Thunder that day? No. Oh no, we did. No. The line was seen longer the than line was expected. Terrible. But then we did do Coco's restaurant. Yes, we went to. Okay, yeah. So or we went to. Girls, I guess. Yeah, so the new Coco restaurant. It's not really a new restaurant, but they, the um, the Mexican it used restaurant. To be Puerto Oro, and now yeah. it's the Coco. Now it's Coco's Mexican um, restaurant. It's like, um, oh, what is what is it called? I guess we can look it up. We have the information. But um, it's a really cute. They did a it's really. It's called Casa de Coco. Now. Casa de Coco. Assuming, assuming on a family map, still say Puerto de Oro on it though. That's hilarious. So Puerto de Oro used to be like a buffet restaurant, and then that all that aspect of it was shuttered, and then they like turned it into like a they wanted it to be like a cantina type thing. Um, they ended up giving it a really nice decorative facelift with the the Coco theme, including some like really impressive murals, like the, the paint. The, the painters worked overtime in this re-theme. There's not a lot of physical changes. It's definitely like a, a soft reno, but as far as soft renos go, it, it's really nice. It and was the, cute, and the food is good. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's actually pretty decent. I wish the menu had changed a little bit. There was like yeah. one, there's like a new signature drink that is actually cocoa-themed, but that's it. There's nothing else that's actually themed to cocoa. So was the this menu. the day that we did um, Lion King Riddance of the Pride Land? No. That was, was the next day. The next day. All right. Well, then let's just launch it to the next day. We really because didn't I have a hard recollection. We of the really first didn't day, do that much the first day. We rode. I swear to God, we rode like four or five rides. I'm serious. I think we rode Star Tours, Pirates, Flight Force, and Space Mountain. I don't think we even rode Indy on the first day. Oh. I think we rode. I think we skipped it on the first day. That's possible because the lines were so long. Because I don't yeah, think, I think the line, I think Indy had, like had like a 45 minute wait. And like, we love Indy, but not that much. Flight so, had like a five in that case, wait. let's jump to day two because that's one. I mean, that was uh, it was an active day for us. Yes. So we got there early and we uh, roped. So with our Magic Plus Pass, which they've retired to pass type now, but um, it's the gold, the old gold, or pa- gold pass, we had um, early admission an hour prior to park opening for both parks, which is great. So we used that, and we got in, and we went straight to Frontierland to ride Big Thunder Mountain, which we got on, and then we rode it twice, I think, because the line still wasn't long when we rode it. And then we made the right decision, because hyperspace was delayed. Um, so after that, um, we went to... Was it Indiana Jones we did after that? I remember we yeah, were waiting we for them to Indiana open Yeah, we got to Indiana Jones waited for them to open it. And so we rode that twice. It's... It's Indiana Jones. I mean, I, I enjoy it when we ride it, but I also find the trains a little uncomfortable. I will say, though, people that say that Raging Spirits is that much better are lying. <laughs> because Raging Spirits, even though it, I think it has a bit more of, like, a high-quality theming, it, the big temple in the middle of Indiana yeah. Jones is still more impressive to me than, than, than the bare wooden structures. The infield that, props on Indiana Jones are really cool and, and pretty underrated. And I love, like, when you dive into the loop, there's that great head chopper. There's an awesome head chopper right before the loop that, like, Raging Spirits does not have. Also, Raging Spirits is, I mean, it's a more palatable ride. It's smoother. It's slower. The pacing is definitely affected. It has magnetic trim brakes throughout. When Indy 
trims you. There's like one part of indie where there's the trim brakes actually are on, and it's definitely like a harsh pinch brake. And then some of just some of the the hills and stuff. Things are are like the the sharpness of drops and things are are engineered differently. The engineered smoothed out, ironed out on on Raging Spirits. So it's overall just a gentler ride. That's Still a lot, I think, for the average Tokyo Disney guest, because Tokyo Disney's rides are pretty gentle. They don't, they're not big on, like, stretching your body to its limits the way that Disneyland Paris is with some of their rides. Um, but we, we love Indy. I love, every time I ride it, I just I just laugh. Like, I'm just, like, giddy with the, the rambunctious, the squirreliness of it. Um, and that was also the day that we did... Um, Lion King Street with the Pride Lands, which is their Lion King show. And shout out to Sven, which I think in our a couple episodes ago we did episode with Sven, maybe in our last episode, where we talked about um, his trip to Walt Disney World for the first time and he was mentioning how the Animal Kingdom Lion King show was so disappointing compared to the Parisian one. And we always knew that the Parisian one was very popular because the lions were always so crazy to go see the show that we actually had never seen it. Yeah. And we had actually seen other shows more frequently. Uh, at that resort. But this time we're like, all right, that is going to be the show, this trip we have to watch. And um, I was incredibly impressed because um, Lion King Rules of the Pride Land is a, um, a musical, live music interpretation of the movie by only using the songs, but it's like live drums, um, dancing, acrobatics, but it's all very profound. Like it's really beautiful African um Clothing, dresses, costumes, like all, all, it was, it was awesome. Like I really enjoyed how profound that show was. Um, it's definitely like a Broadway makes, level. Yeah, it made, it, yeah, it experience. was, vocals were incredible. Um, stage design. Stage moved, like, but it was, none of it seemed like it was like syrupy costumes. or tacky or yeah. over the top. It wasn't like, you know, it was anything. very sophisticated. Yeah, it was so sophisticated. Very distinguished. It's, I think, my favorite um, Disney show ever. It too, like an outside definitely too highbrow for, like, the Walt Disney World crowd. Like, it's obvious why Festival of the Lion King is the show that it is. Because Rhythm of the Pride Lands feels like it is it is geared towards adults. It's That show is for people who were kids when the Lion King was in theaters. And Festival of the Lion King is for kids who are kids now that maybe haven't even seen The Lion King yet. Like, there's definitely a change. Yeah, the, the, the Animal Kingdom one is very lighthearted, and it's very, um, yeah, family-focused. But then, Prison of Pride Land, there is, yeah, like I said, such a sophistication. It's very adult. There was a lot of adults with no kids in there. Like, it was Oh, a, yeah, it was a very it large was a, adult It was a millennial there. affair. Beautiful show. Absolutely beautiful. I think, like I said earlier, I think it's my favorite Disney stage show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's good. We almost saw it again, but like the benches are not very comfortable. My butt fell asleep so while I wasn't we were really watching it. Problem I was with that. But I think the problem is that it's so popular. If you want a good seat, you have to be there, I would say, even up to an hour before the show starts. Yeah. So you have to wait outside in the cold. It was cold. And it was cold. It was so winter. Cold. And you have to just stand there and wait until they let in certain groups. Um, you can buy front line seating. You can buy you can buy reserve seating for eighteen bucks a person. I think, which isn't terrible if you really want to see it. Um, but I don't know if I was really down to spend thirty six bucks to see it again, and without having to wait. So, yeah, that is that. Well, what, what did we do after that? I know that we did Phantom Manor that day. We did. We had already done. There was one day, like Thunder. Day three, we did Phantom Manor twice because we were like 
felt like we were slacking. We were not getting adequate Phantom Manor experience. Um, which you can never get enough of Phantom Manor. That ride is just so beautiful and perfect. And although it's funny, we were lamenting about like all the things about Phantom Manor that makes it so special and unique to Paris's the Phantom, Constance, his daughter, all of the suitors that mysteriously died, which are foreshadowed and reflected by the portraits in the stretching room. Um, and then you have the four singing busts um, in in the in the crypt toward the end of the ride, which are geographically, if I'm using that word correctly, I guess sequentially in the same place that they are in the other Haunted Mansion rides, just about, where the, the singing heads, one of which is Walt, are singing the, the Grim Grinning Ghosts song. And I was explaining to Sean how, like, that wasn't always there. That was an addition. Um. <laughs> yeah, because they added it right before I wrote it for the first time. Because my first visit to DLP, believe it or not, was in was it 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 2018, and then it was down for like a major refurb, and then we wrote again. It was 2020, early 2020, and it had reopened with its with its new. Yeah, scene. that opened with a. That, there was a lot of changes made during that 2018 2019 remodel, and it was a well received remodel. And one of the things that they did was they added the singing busts, I believe. Because I don't think... I wrote it in 2015, and I don't remember the singing busts and, like, the whole Grim Grinning Ghosts singing. It was an instrumental. Like, when you went through... When you go through the, the ghost town and stuff, and, like, the instrumental Grim Grinning Ghosts playing in the background, I think that's always been like that. But I'm pretty sure the singing busts were, an app, were added later. And now, when you think about it, it's obvious, because they just don't fit with, like, the crypt. Well, yeah, so... You're the like problem that. is, and for me anyway, is that it's very much a uh, a haunted mansion edition, which is you know fine because Phantom Manor is a very much a haunted mansion adaptation. However, the problem is that they're so focused on marketing now on those four busts that the whole premise of the ride, which is a very dark ride, really centered around the Phantom himself, is now you know, kind of overshadowed by the four busts. And when you get down to the little ghost town and being underground in the crypt, whatever, they just feel kind of out of place. And they just launched a whole new merch line. And everything <laughs> about the merch line is like, it's purple and green with the four busts. But then it says... And Madame Leota. And I'm like, all of this is just screaming haunted mansions, which is fine. But Phantom Honor is a completely unique theme with a really creepy phantom... And his weeping daughter and all the guys that she tried to marry that he killed off. And it's, a you know, in this really old ghost town, Wild West house. Yes. And it's the theme is so different. And it's such an, an elevated experience that why are we focusing marketing-wise on the copies of the Honda Mansion stuff, which is the only part of rides that are not unique. It's like the four busts. And Madame Leota. Madame Leota. Yeah. And, you know... And, and the color scheme of the wallpaper that's yeah. the only thing that isn't unique to this ride and that's what they're focusing on and it almost feels like someone in an office in like the United States was in charge of Somebody marketing and like designing we like, it was the spirit jersey and remember? they the spirit jersey because I was, I was like yeah. oh, maybe we should get the spirit jersey because it says Phantom Manor on it which is really cool that's like something I would be proud to wear around because Phantom Manor um, I think is really underrated people have no idea that there is a, a, a Haunted Mansion version in Disneyland Paris that has, like, its own story 
and its own theme and, and like its own vibe and its own characters. And but then like the spirit jersey, which is objectively a nice spirit jersey. I'm like we love spirit jerseys. We're spirit jersey collectors. We have a whole closet. It's it's a sickness. Um, but like the, it, the spirit jersey does not reflect Phantom Manor at all in any way other than the fact that it says Phantom Manor on it. Because so much of the focus is on, like Sean said, the components of Phantom Manor that are intact from the original Haunted Mansion concepts. And I think part of that has to do with the movie. Remember how we were walking by the... Um, oh, yeah, there was Haunted Mansion merch. There was, I was like, it's yeah. the wrong park. Sean's then, like, yeah. why is there Haunted Mansion merchandise for sale in this park? And I'm like, both of us, we were confused. And then, I was, and then it dawned on me, like, oh, it's the freaking movie. It's because the, the Haunted Mansion movie is out. And, like, I'm sure it was... The movie was not exactly a box office success, but it was well-liked by fans of the ride, as far as I could tell. And I'm sure there was a big marketing push for it in Paris, just like when Jungle Cruise came out. Do you remember all the Jungle Cruise ads in the subway and stuff for um, when the movie came out? Like, when we took the Aria oh, to yeah, the city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was interesting, because it was like, well, Disneyland Paris doesn't have a Jungle Cruise for, for various reasons. But um, there was still a huge marketing push for it in France, Probably because they're, you know, Disney people in France and throughout Europe are probably familiar with the ride and the concept, and many have probably been um, to, like, Walt Disney World and ridden the Jungle Cruise there. Um, But I digress. It was just an interesting, it's interesting the direction that they've gone with the merchandise for Phantom Manor, just like how they have Hyperspace Mountain merch. Um, This was, like, the year that Disneyland Paris really discovered ride-specific merch. Like, they've always had a little bit of ride merch, but this year they've launched, like, whole lines of ride merch. There's um, Big Thunder Mountain, Tower of Terror, Hyperspace Mountain, Phantom Manor, Pirates of the Caribbean, Small World, um, Alice's Curious Labyrinth, like, uh, Indiana Jones. Like, they have extensive lines of merch that are specifically themed to their rides and not just, like, a style or name or, or what have you. Um, but then like the only problem is that Phantom Manor's merch line just like is, is way too uh, grounded in like the Anaheim and, and Orlando versions of the ride, which is a shame because Phantom Manor deserves to have its own like merch identity and like the wild westiness of it and the colors of color palette of that particular ride. Like, if, if, if the Phantom Manor merch, like, really reflected the ride, like, the Paris ride, in, like, the styling, the Wild West styling, and the colors, and, and like, focusing on Constance and, and the, the Phantom, like, we'd be, all, we'd be all over it. But it's just not the world we live in, I guess. Unfortunately. <laughs> but speaking of merch, I guess we can pop in real quick and talk about some of the other merch they've added. So they added Pirates of the Caribbean merch, which I did get a Pirates of the Caribbean beanie. The hat is so cute, and it's definitely specifically Paris' Pirates of the Caribbean because it's got that round castle turret that is sort of like the weenie for the attraction that is unique to Disneyland Paris because the other Pirates rides either don't have a castle facade or, like, in the case of Shanghai, the castle is more of, like, a trapezoid shape. It doesn't have um, rounded, like, cylindrical castle turrets like the one for Paris. So I love that that the, the for for rides like Pirates of the Caribbean, at least, what they could have gone with more generic 
uh, U.S. themed styled merch like they did with Phantom Manor, but they actually went with stuff that was really is distinctly yeah, the Paris right. specific. And then the Hollywood Tower Hotel merch is really really nice too. Beautiful. They've got sweaters. They've got um, oh yeah, t-shirts. that's true. Notice how he said Hollywood Tower Hotel merch and not Twilight Zone Tower of Terror merch. It's all themed to Hollywood Tower Hotel, not themed to the Twilight Zone. Though, we got a really cool baseball tee. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And, um, it's so pretty. On I the took back a picture is a giant embroidment of the, Tower Ho- of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. And half of it, it's kind of like a Twilight moment because half of it is like a dark, destructed version it's of itself. split right down and the middle. And the other half is a beautiful, sunny California day. And the other half is it's like lightning so and rain and, you know, <laughs> a broken elevator shaft. We're looking at it right now. So, uh, like... But it's gorgeous because it has no branding of the Twilight Zone on it, which even though it's still on the ride and they redid all the stories and stuff, um, it was just a really, really gorgeous merch and really high quality. So even though it was a lot of money, we, we actually bought it because, first of all, um, we can wear it into the other parks that have Hollywood Tower Hotels or had. It's funny seeing something so breezy and so, like, not only is the shirt really well-themed and well-designed, but the, the style summery, of the yeah. shirt it's very is California. distinctly Los Angeles. Yeah. A baseball team, like a button-down baseball team. You it's, would never yeah, s- it's, it's, giving, it's giving Dodgers, but Hollywood Tower You would Hotel, never yeah. see something like this for sale in Paris because the weather is never, almost never, appropriate for this kind of garment. Well, I would say from... May to September is hot as shit. But, but it's still, like, people in Paris just don't wear this kind of stuff. But it's, the this this is like, it's such a well-themed piece of merch that the actual type of garment is part of the theme. It's part of the style of the ride merch because there's something about the way that the shirt is designed and cut just screams California. I'm still surprised they just picked those four rides to give, like, new merch lines. However... They also um, expanded on the merch for the uh, Adventure Campus stuff. So now Flight Force has more merch. There's a Flight Force hoodie. There's a Flight Force shirt. There's, you know, Flight Force hats, wallet. There's a lot of Flight Force stuff, which I enjoy. But we already had spent so much money. There was no need to buy even more. Uh, <laughs> I want to jump back to Discovery Land real quick. And first of all... Of course you do. Discovery Land, <laughs> um, the entrance has that big globe, kind of like the celestial thing. That's all spinning now, which is nice. And then when you go to... Um, Orbitron, the Spire, and all its planetarium-looking things that are around it are all spinning and rotating again, which is the first time in a long time. So that's really nice. That thing is hypnotic. And last but definitely not least, they reopened the Nautilus after refurbishment. Yes. And we went down into the Nautilus, and it was been, it's been closed throughout the pandemic, and it was just so amazing. God was, bless the Nautilus. Yeah, the Nautilus was really, really <laughs> Such funny. a cool attraction. I still think there should be the queue for their expansion. <laughs> this is a bit of a tangent, but like, so, um, the journey of water inspired by Moana just opened at Epcot. Well, it didn't just open. It's been open for a little while, but, um, we went through it and there's, there's been a lot of criticism about this attraction. And again, I would say that a lot of it is valid. It's valid to say that like new attractions coming to Disney world need to have more substance than a walkthrough attraction. However, I would say that this kind of attraction reminded us a lot of Disneyland Paris because it's a very detailed, well-curated walkthrough experience that is really enjoyable. Like, not everything has to be a ride. Epcot needs rides, and it needs better rides. The rides that it has 
a lot of them need to be improved dramatically, and they also need more. So when you when Epcot gets something that is not a ride, I understand why people are griping about it. But I would say that for what it is, Moana is a really cool attraction, and it remind it captures I think the best essence of some of Disneyland Paris's walkthrough attractions, which are like a, a signature component of the experience. Like you really haven't experienced Disneyland Paris if you have not done the Nautilus. The, the Dragon's Lair in, in Sleeping Beauty Castle. The fort at Frontierland. The Frontierland Fort or um, the Pirate's Isle or Adventure Isle. All of the, the Yeah, Adventure Isle has like three major walkthrough attractions. Yeah, because it's got like the... It's not four because they have all and the they rock have the Swiss Family Treehouse. And then, of course, I think their most famous is the Curious Labyrinth. That was ah, the Curious Labyrinth. That so. also got a merch line. So which there's, is surprising there's like... Every area in Disneyland Paris has a... Really, I mean, a massive walkthrough experience. Not just like a walkthrough, like a, and a you know a garden or just something nice looking, but like a, an attraction, like a fully a fully fleshed out attraction that you walk that you experience on foot. And it's so, and it's and it's a total vibe. And now Epcot has something like this that is super cool. Oh yeah, it's and very deal. And I really and I think that there's anyway, a also lot Animal of Animal Kingdom because Animal Kingdom has the walkthroughs too. Yes, the one last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is this also the day that we did Gates Jr.? Or was that no, the that was later. But this was well, the we day... We talk about them. Was this the day uh, we had glue wine? And you had your pretzel? I can't... Wasn't that the rainy day? I know. Terrible. This is what happens when you go to Disneyland Paris for four, four consecutive days. days. Um, anyway, I guess we could just act like it was the day. But we enjoyed <laughs> it so much. We were leaving. We were like, you know, I got... We were like very satisfied, but I'm like, I could have done a fifth day. Oh, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> like, usually I feel I never like truly Christmas get my fill of Disneyland Paris. Well, that's the thing about during Christmas. Like, we'll talk a little bit about some of the Christmas stuff. Is that um, they just brought back the Adventures part of that show like yesterday, which is unfortunate because we missed it during our week. We've seen it before a couple times, but it's a good show. and I, um, I We actually it. pussied out on all of the nighttime shows because it was too cold. We are warm-blooded creatures, and like... Doing the cold stuff in the daytime is one thing, but... Well, it's like, not entirely true. We saw the nighttime parade for Christmas. But it was... I mean, we were freezing like cold, and we bailed right after because we were just yeah, cold. it was cold. That was day two. And I don't... I'll be honest. I don't really care much for the Christmas parade. I think the start, the song is really awkward, and I feel like there's not a lot of creativeness when it comes to their costumes. I mean, they're really beautiful, but oh my God, it's all the The same. best quality of the parade is the floats... And some floats are better than others. The best float is that Bavarian German sculpture looking float. It's funny, float. generally speaking, I consider Disneyland Paris with their nighttime shows, their drone shows, which is big for them, like you know, two drone shows, um, and um, their stage shows are so high quality. I consider the entertainment to be top notch, especially during the 30th with Shine Brighter. Oh my god. But this is the one parade I just don't really the, care for. Yeah, I just the, don't really the, care the, for. The, the biggest, the biggest yeah. issue with the Christmas parade at Disneyland Paris is that Dream and Shine Brighter exists. Yeah, or it existed. Or existed. Yeah. Because the music for Dream, the soundtrack for Dream and Shine Brighter, the like the the area music and then the the song ready for the ride like <laughs> there has never ever been better show exclusive curated music than for dream and shine brighter and i thought we were just simping i thought we were just simps and then every time we've talked about dream and shine brighter with other people who have seen dream and shine brighter they're like oh yeah it's the greatest thing i've ever seen 
<laughs> so but like, okay, for Christmas, I also had two Christmas markets, uh, one in each park, which pretty much sold the same stuff. Um, but the one near Small World was really Small World themed. So oh, a bunch yes. of them called little houses, and they had a glue wine there, or what do we call it in America? Mold wines? Mold wine. The kiosks were really cute, and, and the ones at oh, so the good. other park were in the Ratatouille, like the Paris yeah, area. Yeah, so they were Parisian they, they, Yeah, they had like a nice Paris theme. So yeah, but historically they've had the Christmas markets in Walt Disney Studios over in the Parisian area. This is the first time I've been, and we usually go every winter, that we seen it in the regular part yeah. of the park. It was I nice. guess they it just really cute. needed, the, yeah. yeah, the kiosks were really cute and looked brand Popular. new. And I guess they just needed the added restaurant capacity. Um, and I think part of that has to do with the redevelopment of Disney Village. Um because, like, Disney Village is losing restaurants left and right because the whole area is going through a steady... Rose Elise about to open up. I think it opens up on the 8th. Oh, is it? Yeah. I just know, like, when they lost um, when they lost Planet Hollywood, they lost a huge chunk of their restaurant capacity for Disney Village. And, and by extension, they lost a, a measurable amount of restaurant capacity for the whole resort. And um, I think... I don't know exactly what the story is with, like, the three Frontierland restaurants that were closed on our visit. It seemed suspicious. Like, it seemed weird that all three of those would be closed because they've all three always been open on every visit that we've been on. And some of them are, like, staples. Like, the Silver Spur is, like, a staple restaurant experience at the park. It's, like, one of the highest capacity dine-in restaurants uh, on the whole property. And it was just odd that they were closed. But I guess I would just say that I'm... It's really great that they added the the food festival kiosks to the small world area of Fantasyland because they were packed. They were busy. The food was really good, but it was also like they just really needed the that food capacity right now because of the um, the, the the flux that they're in with the Disney Village. Which I would say Disney Village is plays a bigger role in the overall resort restaurant capacity than some of the other shopping districts within Disney resorts, certainly more so than like Tokyo's, for example, which is just a glorified shopping mall. Um, and maybe even more so than like Anaheim's because their downtown Disney is also going through uh, <laughs> a transformation I think it's of sorts. kind of on par with uh, Shanghai Disney yeah. district. Yeah. Shanghai is just a lot nicer because it's all Shanghai very is new. so nice. Yeah. And Disney Village is definitely very 90s. That is slowly getting redone, but all the concepts coming out, it's gonna be like it's gonna be really nice. It's gonna kind of, and I think in a way mirror the new lake that's coming to Walt Disney Studios when it comes to its classic, yeah. yet Art Nouveau it's kind of aesthetic. Yeah. It's gonna be natural yeah. inspired, but very French. Keeping it French, I think, will always serve them well because whether it's French people celebrating their own culture and the fact that Disney is in Paris, or it's tourists. Going to Disneyland Paris as part of their French experience, like it will always serve them well to to look inward for stylistic choices. Sometimes it's hard to know like what direction to go in when it comes to styling new construction. I feel like Epcot is struggling with that. I don't feel like they know what they want to look like because Epcot's whole theme modus operandi keeps changing. It's like a moving target. But for Disneyland Paris, you can always just make it French and it will work. And then just, uh, this is also the day we did the train, which is always fun. Oh, uh, yeah. And we were just surprised. Not really surprised because it's, it's been this way, but the sheer amount of, like, walk-around characters at this park. Oh, yes. It's like, it's, it's more so than any other resort. It's just, 
they're walking around everywhere. They are. I feel like they have more liberty than they do in the states and in Japan to like, you know, like take exactly like take a cat like a kid's head off and then run away with it. Jafar, and, uh, yeah, Jafar. This actually, happened. Jafar had like all the sass, <laughs> but it was good. And he was like, Jafar he was always around. Was yeah. doing absolute most, and we were living. He took a kid's Mickey ears off and ran away with them, and then was like dangling it over heads. <laughs> and the parents, the kid was cracking up, but the parents were dying. They were rolling in the aisles. It was so And there's so many character funny. meeting greets. Everywhere you go, there's character meeting greets and people waiting. And um, it just kind of adds like, like an extra layer of, of immersion having all these characters walk around. Disneyland Paris is extremely supportive of the character meet and greets. They, I wouldn't have necessarily pegged the Disneyland Paris audience for being meet and greet crazy, but like... There will you could go to this park and there's every ride in the park has like a forty five minute wait or less, and then the meet and greet line for Winnie the Pooh is two hours, and that is consistent. There is consistently immense support of the character meet and greets, and Disneyland Paris's entertainment department is so strong, they really know how to to ramp up that demand by. Was responding to the demand, they continue to add more meet and greets and more characters. They have some of the coolest. I mean, the meet and greet out in front of Phantom Manor has got to be one of the best because they do like during during Halloween they do Mickey and or Minnie in their Halloween getups. Um, and Disneyland Paris doesn't do Halloween parties or Christmas parties, so like unlike those events in the U.S. parks where like. It's a separate ticketed event, and you see the costume characters in their, like, seasonal get-ups. Disneyland Paris allows you to see costume characters in their seasonal outfits during regular operating times. Yeah, kind of like Hong Kong, yeah. And, um, and the lines get crazy. So, like, when we were there, we've been there in the fall when they had um, Mickey and Minnie in their Halloween get-ups in front of Phantom Manor. And when we went this time, it was Jack Skellington dressed up as Santa Claus, Sandy Claus, so needless to say, that had like a two to three hour wait um, periodically. And I mean, the demand for meet and greets is so high that it seems like they, they'll just put meet and greets anywhere. They've, they've created meet and greet spaces out of just basic midway areas, like throughout Adventureland. There's one in Especially front of Adventureland, Indiana yeah. Jones. There's two in the corridor that's to adjacent to, yeah, adjacent to Adventure Isle. Then you have Jafar over by Agrabah. There was that Christmas Stitch meet and greet. Um, at the old mill in Fantasyland, that yeah, really they used the old infrastructure for the old mill Ferris wheel, and then you have the year-round stationary indoor meet and greets like the Princess Pavilion, the Princess and, Pavilion. and the Mickey Theater, and that one is the and only those one always that crazy. has the the wait time listed on the app, and no, it's always the Mickey one too, the one that oh, the Mickey the one, yeah, the, yeah, they have the and it's on the app, yeah, I mean, yeah, that so one's usually like an hour, and then the Princess one is like three hours. It is insane, but I love that for them. I love that people... Oh, yeah, it's, we're looking at the app. It's the reopen Princess Pavilion. Is it... Uh, what time is it over there? Oh, yeah, it's the middle of the day. No, it's not. It's like 5, 10 p.m. The train just closed. It's the middle of the day. They're open till like, 10 o'clock. I think it's just 9 today. But, yeah, anyway. But, yeah. So, we, we've never done any of the meet and greets, the character meet and greets for Disneyland Paris, because, honestly, the lines are always so long. But it's nice to see people... Like, really into it and passionate about it and seeing something that Disneyland Paris does so well get 
so much recognition and praise and love for for what so they're doing. That's all still day two. So let's move on to day three <laughs> real quick, uh, which from we did early entry at Wellness Studios, which was perfect because we pretty much did the entire park. But we, park we took open. that park down. So we we always want to do an early mission there at least once a trip, if not twice a trip, to get on Crush. Crush, Crush is close, so we'll have a two-hour line, like, no matter today. Like, it's so popular, and it's a really great little dark ride roller coaster. Very unique to Disneyland Paris Resort. So, um, we rope dropped that, got on, I think, in, like, less than ten minutes. And then we got on Tower, we did Spider-Man, we did Adventures Assemble Flight Force, we did Cars Road Trip. We did Trip, Ratatouille. We did Ratatouille. Tower Terror. We did all that before Park Open. It was crazy. So we did all the e-tickets for sure for Park Open. In fact, yeah, we did all that route. And then at Park Open, we jumped to the next park. And we still got in line for stuff without having to wait. So that was, I think, even though it was the rainy day, it was also, I think, the least crowded day. Oh, yeah. It was a great day. We did everything so many times. But, I mean, we were wet. I mean, it was raining all day. It was, a real feel was negative two degrees Celsius. It was really cold. And it wasn't like... And it was raining. The park wasn't, like, empty, per se. But, um... The outdoor rides, rides like Big Thunder, those they was a great opportunity to get. Yeah, because those were like twenty those minutes. Rides, Big Thunder yeah. had a short line because it, it's, it was cold and it was wet. And it was people, cold and very wet. Yeah. Like Space Mountain had a consistent wait of like twenty to thirty minutes because. I mean, I had four layers on. I was still cold. That was one. The rides where you could guarantee some time to warm up. Rides like Star Tours and Pirates of the Caribbean Especially and Space Pirates, Mountain. Yeah. Where, like, waiting in line is a comfortable, warm experience, as well as riding. Um, those rides had consistent waits throughout the day, because people were just taking the opportunity to be in line and ride something and also warm up. But the outdoor rides, like, this was this was rare form for Big Thunder. I've never seen lines for Big Thunder so consistently short on yeah, that was rainy like five day. Or ten minutes the, last of the, day. the line never extended out of the main covered switchback queue. It has a long, if you've written Disneyland Paris' Big Thunder, you know what we're talking about. It has a very long, scenic, and beautiful, like, outdoor, outdoor queue that wraps around the, um, the ride's fourth lift hill and kind of makes its way all the way to the turnaround bend where it about to face back into the station. And then you climb up, and then you go into, like, the covered switchback queue portion. On the rainy day, that switchback queue portion, like, was never totally filled. Because it's drafty in there, and the ride is a cold experience. Yeah, and we did the uh, the, the Molly Rock River boat that day. So that was yes, nice. and we um, the water effects for Splash for Splash Mountain for Big Thunder Mountain were still cranked up all the way, even though it was cold and rainy. And if you're in the second car, second passenger car, no, third, third passenger car. is it the third passenger? Third car? passenger car. Row oh seven. yeah, because we were row seven. Row seven. So if you're you're toward the the front, like two thirds of that ride, like you can get wet on the splashdown portion of. Of Big Thunder. It's fun that they don't... Yeah, the new Splash they added earlier this year is massive. It's intense. Yeah. It's way more potent than it ever was. It's it's like a true simulated splashdown. And the, the way that the water bounces back off of the scenery um, when you first hit it, like, you'll get wet. <laughs> Row 7 is a good spot if you're trying to get wet on that ride. What about different food that day? Um, for that day, I know we did various... I think that was the day we did, we did the waffles... At Adventureland, the Mickey Waffles with the Nutella. Oh, yeah, we did those that day. Um, did we do... Was that the cheese... The cheese that pie? Was the, the cheese, cheese quiche day? Oh, so good. So at the, tr- they at have the Cable a, Car uh, Cafe. They have Kiri cheese-themed products, like quiche 
and pastries now in the Kebukar Cafe. Kirin is a, uh, a European brand of, they, of cheese they products. Ele- they elevated the pastry yeah. game in that, in that bakery. Oh my god, it used to be pretty mundane, especially for like Europe. We're like, really, this is the pastry game? But the pastry game got elevated with these new products. The sandwich is improved, improved the best too. Thing I ever had. It was so good. Because I got the Mickey veggie, like the veggie crudite oh, yeah, and Swiss cheese too, on a yeah. Mickey Mouse pretzel. Very, very good. Yeah. Um, and we also did the hot dogs... Either on that, that day the or the day. last day. The hot yeah, dog. The hot dogs have a good vegan hot dog. It has a vegan uh, sausage footlong. And Casey Jr. And then there was. Casey's. Um, sorry, Casey's. <laughs> Casey's Corner. Not Casey's Corner. We did porridges. We did. What else did we do? Um, we did. We the, oh, we did the, the Stark Factory. Waffle. Was Stark Factory? We did Stark Factory like day one or day two. It was, yeah, and that was really good. The pasta and pizza at that point I, was I love strong. Star Factory. Yeah. We went there like opening week. It was so good. And they have nice salads. I yeah. uh, really enjoyed the pasta. Good pizza. Yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a good comfort food. Like very good comfort. Hearty. Cool though. And hearty food, good prices, good quality, and just hot and, and filling. Um, and, and then, but we went back kind of early that day because it was raining all day. We were getting cold. So yeah, we your just, shoes um, were wet. We had some food at the hotel. Yeah, I had to freaking air blow yeah. my damn shoes. Yeah, um, we used the hair dryer. <laughs> we to dry so cold and rainy all day. But then the last day it was great because actually we added this last day on kind of last minute because the flights just go back seemed better. That was the day we really spammed the coasters. And we, I mean, the last day I think we did the most. I mean, yeah. we got up early again. We made the mistake of going to Walt Disney Studios, but Crush just goes unexpectedly closed for the whole day. So they had to do like last minute maintenance on it. So they had to put in like you know in the app the little yeah, they icon put in the app for close for refurbishments. Yeah. It was really only close for one day, uh, but we made a miscalculation there because so we went there. But the real reason we went was actually crush. So we ended up riding his adventures, assemble flight fours twice, and then we ran over to studios, which we still had a good to, four, uh, sorry yes, at park Disney. Yeah, we still That's had a good forty minutes at park to do. Hyperspace a couple times. Big Thunder. Um, and a Big Thunder. Times, and Indy. And all before park opened. So we hit, we hit that first hour hard. So yeah, we rode like seven yeah. rides, all coasters. And, and we then did we that just did all the rides a lot. And it was just nice out. Like the weather, even though it was so cold, I mean, there was sun, which a is nice. A couple of small world rides there toward the end. And, yeah, it was good. And um, yeah, I think overall it was one of my favorite visits. We, uh, we bought some really cute merch. We... Really kind of gave a good tour of all of the quick service restaurants, which was yeah. nice. Uh, we actually rode every single ride in Walt Disney Studios that day. Oh, yeah, that's right. We decided we wanted to say we had ridden. There's not that many rides. As but I'm usually sure I don't ride. really do, like, the kitty, like, like, the dumb boats. Yeah, stuff, there's, right? like, some flat rides. We we did you, the Slinky Dog. Um, which was actually really good. The Slinky Dog, Spinner, the we Himalaya. We did RC Racer. We thing. did... I love RC racing. Uh, we did the low cars, the cars, car spinny ride, um, rodeo rally, or whatever it's called. The flying um, carpets and the flying carpets, which is like the bestie flying carpets. It's so cute. Ever. Also, for fans of Robin Williams and Robin Williams' portrayal of Genie, you got to do the magic carpets at Disney Studios because he has lines recorded specifically for that ride. Genie is in character as a director of a film, and you're a, a stunt, a stunt performer doing the, like the magic actor, carpet. Yeah. Um, and they're filming like the, I love that right because it's definitely a convincing commitment to the, the early theme. the uh, the like the mission statement of the park which is like the movie the theme is movie making um, instead of now the more simpler like being in the movies like and we got our uh, we got our three rides on tower we got all three all shafts, three shafts which was nice yeah running great 
Every time I ride three different versions, I have a hard time picking a favorite. It was fun doing Spider-Man again, because it was nice to get that done yeah. in an early mission. We enjoy I I like the Spider-Man ride. I like and it more every time I ride park. it. I like it less than California Adventure. I like it a lot more about the Studios Paris. It's, it's a really well-loved ride in Paris, because they never got Toy Story Mania. And like having Toy Story Mania in the same park as Spider-Man and Anaheim feels a little redundant. Um, having it in studios when the resort never even got Toy Story Mania, feels, it feels like a quantum leap from uh, their other shooting dark ride, Buzz Lightyear. Um, we also did Casey Jr., Little Circus Train, and um, that's a wonderful ride as always. That little corner, uh, the Casey Jr. and uh, Land of Make-Believe, a.k.a. La Paille de Conte de Fille, um, that area needs some paint. It needs some readjustment. But I was reading, they announced, I guess, at some point this year. We missed it when it was officially announced. Um, but they're they're going to do a remodel of that corner. They're going to add um, Frozen and some other. They're, they're adding another. They're adding two new scenes. Is Lion King? It may have, no, I think Lion King's already there. Uh, they're adding Frozen and another scene to... Um, La Pai de Conte de Fee, which is really great. And I hope, like, everything there... I, I, would, I can only assume, in Disneyland Paris being Disneyland Paris, that they're going to go through and add those scenes and, like, refresh everything and repaint everything. And that little corner back there will look amazing. It's really the only, like, major area of concern in the park that where, like, things don't look fresh and new. Which um, is unusual. For which is really unusual. It's, like, really... It's really blatant the park is so good that when something is not perfect it's like really obvious so look forward to going back hopefully it'll be done and open by next year by the next time we go and in that vein we will wrap up this episode with a quick look at some of the some of the stuff coming to the park and what they're working on um mostly actually next door well this is yeah. studio studio one will close um, i think it's sometime 2024 um, Studio gonna, One is the entrance midway, the indoor. They're going to reroute the entrance temporarily from like the little uh, production courtyard studio area in the front of Studio One um, to go straight into the park, and they're going to build a little park um, in front of... The Hollywood Garden Party. On the opposite side of Studio One, and going into the new promenade that's going to go directly to the lake. They've actually they're already gonna, started construction on it, which is looking great. And they're going to redo the entire interior of Studio One, which I think is my favorite Disney Park entrance anyway. Uh, yeah, the park itself doesn't have a lot of substance, but the entrance is killer. Um, <laughs> they're adding a BMX show theme to Alice in Wonderland, which is going to the theater inside the Venture Campus, which, yes, we're scratching our it's heads. such a choice. Just as much as you're scratching your head. I guess hope it's temporary, and then they're going to add a kick-ass Adventures stunt show, which I think they deserve. Because the theater is literally in Adventure yeah. Campus, with Adventure Campus scaffolding. So, yeah. I mean, it better be temporary. They really need to add something that will support the history of that venue with the light mo- lights motors action being yeah, such an awesome but amazing anyway. show historically and then um, currently under construction is the new ride for Tangled um, the new restaurant that's going to the lake the lake itself which will host grand new night shows rumor is that they're getting fantastic for Disneyland Paris uh, for uh, Tokyo Disney because they bought all the floats from the Oriental Land Company and the Frozen is, you know, vertical. They're building the new Frozen land right now. So lots of stuff happening. There's going to be a new midway going from Cars into the new lake area as well. Um, and then we'll have to get to see if it's going to be Lion King or Avatar as, their, as the, the third new land um, around the lake. 
but we haven't gotten any official word on that. And I have a dentist appointment, so we're gonna bounce. <laughs> it's very nice having you listen to this brand new episode of Ghost of Kings Radio. We'll see you next week for crazier rides, crazier concepts. Make sure to give us a five star review wherever you're listening, and we'll see you next week on Ghost of Kings Radio. Bye. Bye.